This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Oh, ho, ho. Good morning, Canada. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino, Weeks, Scully. The gang is all here. Are you enjoying the polar vortex in southern Ontario? Boy, I got to tell you, it wakes you up in a hurry. And if you think it's cold now, as Bob mentioned to me just before we went live, wait until Friday evening because that's going to be a special one. I'm back on Canadian soil, back in the host chair. Thank you to Adam Scully, as always, who will be holding down the host chair for most of the season, at least the spring, as Bob and I are traveling all over the world. And Adam, you've got some travel coming up too to a great Adidas event coming up in LA. And I know Bob's off to Cabin and I'm off to Florida for PGA Tour Live. But we've got tons to tons to get to this morning. We've got Saudi International Championship happening on the Asian Tour. And this is going to be live DP PGA Tour players colliding. We're going to get to that probably more so an hour to Pebble Beach uh, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. We'll take a look at uh, some of the odds of the favorites, take an edge angle on that, take a look at the Canadians in the field. We spoke to Will Haskett, who will be on the ground for PGA Tour Radio and Pebble Beach. There's lots to get to, but how are you boys doing this morning? Bob, You uh, are you back on East Coast time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just kind of hanging around here. I never, I never really changed my clock too much, but um, yeah, it was a nice trip out west, and now we're back here, as you said, into the cold, although... Sunday heading to St. Lucia to get a look at the new Cabot golf course down there. Um, so we're going from extremes, not only with time zones, but also with temperature zones. <laughs> Adam, I have, to, I have to question my lifestyle choices because, as Bob mentioned, he ever got off the East Coast time. I remember walking out of our hotel room uh, last weekend at, I don't know, it was... <sighs> 7 a.m., whatever, Bob had already done several miles. He was on the treadmill trying to wave me into the gym and point to the empty treadmill beside him. I kind of ran in the other direction, like, as fast as I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what you ran. don't know is that is that Bob and I were actually doing wind sprints at 5 a.m., and then he had gone for a quick cat nap, and then he was going for his longer sort of marathon style of training afterwards. He was doing a two-a-day before 8 a.m. <laughs> As Bob said, though, at least I ran away from the empty treadmill. So I had that going for me. Well, we got lots to get to. We're also going to take a look at our edge picks for the week as well. I'm curious to see where you guys went. Let's be honest, not the most attractive field in a long time. So we'll take a deep dive. And sometimes these are the, you know, the horses, I always find that the better, it's like horse racing. I've said this before. You get to the Kentucky Derby or you get to like the, the high-end horse races, it's it's fairly easy on, a, I don't want to say all the time, but more often than not, handicapping a quality field on a quality course where we have a lot of history, easy to do. This week, three courses in rotation, which changes everything. So all your information from Pebble Beach doesn't necessarily translate across four rounds because the winner is only going to play Pebble twice. And a field that is eh, maybe one of the weakest we've seen since Sony. We'll get into it. Lots to get to. But first, let's kick it off with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. 
Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. Well, over the next month or so, Live Golf is going to take a lot of the headlines before we hit that Florida swing, partly because on February 6th, the hearings are going to start taking place between Live Golf and DP World Tour, and that's going to be a much shorter process in Europe than it's going to be in America. It's it's more of a hearing uh, in front of a committee versus uh, a full legal uh, court procedure. Uh, we'll be covering that likely more uh, next week as as news breaks from that. But from a PGA Tour side this week, the PGA Tour uh, Rules Committee has uh, updated their position on non-members. And why is this important? Well, up till up till this week, non-members could not be banned from the PGA Tour uh, for playing non-sanctions of events. They were not in violation of anything because they are not members of the tour. Now you can ban a non-member for up to a full year. And Bob, what does this mean? It's not just the PGA Tour. This is Q School, Corn Ferry Tour, PGA Tour Canada, PGA Tour Latino America. This goes right down through the channel. And I think what they're trying to do here, Bob, is say, hey, if you're a college player and you're coming out and you're trying to make a call, don't go for the money because it doesn't come without a penalty. That's exactly what I, my interpretation was as well. It's, uh, we know that Liv has been going hard after some of the college, top college players to come over directly onto that. Uh, as an example, David Puig last year, who was a high-end amateur golfer, played two events as an amateur at, on the Live Tour and then one as a pro. And now, because of those three starts, won't be on the PGA Tour for a, a full year, even though he's not really a Live member, I guess what we call it, call it that. Uh, he's not signed to Live by any means. So I think, I think that's what they're trying to do is stem that flow. The PGA Tour has spent uh, considerable time and money creating a, a pathway for college players now to go on to the PGA Tour, right? They're going to uh, give the top college players each year exemptions through. So I think, there's, I think they're just trying to uh, shore up the, uh, the loopholes in the exemption process right now and make it more and more difficult for players uh, to try and play on both tours. So um, you're either with us or you're against us. Yeah, PGA Tour U has been a huge success. Adam, were you taken off guard by this, or is this something, hey, we had to do something. We invested in PGA Tour U. We've created this process for top college players to, to get to our tours, and a no decision or a no action was just not available for the PGA Tour at this time. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, when those who signed up to play live, they knew what they were signing up for. And that was, as we mentioned this many, many times uh, during that RBC Canadian Open week when Liv made its debut and players were saying this, they realized that, you know what, we may never play a PGA Tour event ever again. And this could, you know, this is sort of on the path down that road for sure. Players like David Puig, obviously this is a, a brutal break for him because obviously, you know, he was playing as an amateur. He was trying to chase some more money as a pro in that one tournament as a Liv member. And now he's sort of out of it now on the PGA Tour. So what does he do from here? I, I think this is something that we, we were sort of bound to see happen. Well, uh, we will have to keep our eye on this. And again, next week's going to be a real interesting one. I've got my eye on this, the hearings in Europe, because the labor laws and competition laws are very different 
in Europe than they are in America. And from everything I'm reading, and again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't even pretend to play one on radio. But from what I have read, a lot of quote-unquote experts are suggesting that Liv could could really potentially win that case. And if they do, um, they're going to be populating the European Tour or DP World Tour, which means the World Golf Ranking Point System I want to say it takes care of itself because they certainly aren't going to get the points available to them that, they, that they're missing out on the PGA Tour. But a, a huge piece of the puzzle uh, is, is certainly taken care of for Live Golf. We'll, we'll keep our eyes on this. And, and there's some people suggesting that the best thing in the world for the DP World Tour would be to lose that court case, actually strengthen their tour to get some names on it. Hmm, conspiracy theorists. Dig your teeth. And speaking of Q School and access to the PGA Tour for non-members, Q School going to happen in December, going to happen at TPC Sawgrass, both the stadium course and they're also going to use uh, Sawgrass Country Club across the road. So that'll be exciting to see Q School back. Uh, going to be a full uh, TV broadcast associated with that in December. So golf that actually means something in December, that'll be interesting to watch. We mentioned the Saudi International, which is happening um in Saudi Arabia. We're going to get to that in hour two. We're going to take a look at the field and we're going to take a look at some pretty interesting quotes that came out of yesterday's press conference. Head scratching material. But let's take Phil Mickelson, guys, uh, in news and headlines here because Phil suggests, uh, first of all, did, did both of you guys see Phil? Adam, let's start with you. Did you see Phil? Like, as soon as cleanly shaved for the first time in about a year, not in black for the first time in the year. It looks to be about 15 pounds down. Is that fair? Oh, I, I would say more than that. I mean, he, it, it, was, it was almost jarring to see the difference from what he looked like last summer to the photos that we saw in the video of him speaking at that press conference. There was also a video that was put out where he was saying that none of his clothes fit, and, which was kind of ironic given how he was chirping everyone on the PGA Tour for wearing joggers last week, and he's showing up wearing, as he put it, clothing that felt like a robe on him so i mean if for phil i mean we saw a couple of years ago when he did that six day fast around the 2019 open championship i'm not sure if he went for a 20 day fast but he looks noticeably thinner bob uh, when i saw it i was like whoa and i'm thinking hmm, is this a rebranding exercise as well cleanly shaved not wearing black trying to drop the old villain gimmick and maybe uh, get back in the good books of the golfing public. I think it takes more than a clean shave and a change of clothes to necessarily do that for Phil. But 52 years old, guys, and he said he thinks he can win majors again. He is embarrassed of his play in the last year, wants to repeat what he did at Keough Island. Bob, can he win again? And what were your thoughts when you saw him the way he, his appearance at the um, presser? Well, when I saw him at the presser, I was glad that he had entered the hunger, hunger strike. Because that <laughs> certainly seemed like what it was. And he was eating again. It was, it was jarring. I mean, Adam's right. And uh, it, um, you know, that coupled with some of the tweets that he sent out over the last little bit were not as harsh. Some of them were thought-provoking. Some of them were the little needle, which he's always been good at. So they seem to be like the old Phil, at least on Twitter. And I don't know if this is his trying to become a little bit more middle of the road or being a little bit more friendly. I don't really think other than sort of a subtle jab at the fact that the European tour, DP World Tour is playing in Dubai. Um, I don't think there's anything really outlandish about what happened. You know, the, 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 the joggers comment is, is, a, is a 
a fair fair game, I think, because some people like it, some people don't. Same thing with shorts. So I don't know. Maybe this is the start of him trying to kind of bring back his image a little bit. He's still got a long way to go, in my opinion, though. All right, Bob, Adam, come on. He's 52 years old. He says he thinks he can repeat what he did at Kiowa Island win another major. I say there is no chance, with all due respect, his major career is behind him. If he wins anything else again, it will happen on the Live Golf Series. I say no, Bob. He can't win. Bob, what do you say? I think if he might have an outside chance at the Masters, but that would be the only one, only because he knows the course so well. It's not too long for him because he's still got some length on that. Um, and that might be where he could try and do something, but everything would have to align perfectly. I think if, even if he did, it would be a real long shot. The other ones, I don't think there's a chance. I agree with you, Bob. If there's any hope, it would be at Augusta. I'm still saying no. Adam, what's your take? I have to agree with Bob. And, you know, even as we spoke about on Monday's show, when players go through weight loss or weight gain, that can really change the timing of your swing. And, you know, we've seen Phil in the past try these crazy speed training techniques where he was trying to hit bombs as we spoke about so lovingly a couple of summers ago and now you know who knows with phil but we know his short game he, he always has he's always had this magical short game i'd say the chances would be an outside long shot at the absolute most at say the masters but on the lift tour against 48 other guys you never really know because there's no cut uh let's stay with you here skulls because your boy split with his boy i, I i'm sure you guys caught this shane lowry Split with longtime caddy Bo Martin. Of course, they won a major championship. They won the Open together uh, at Royal Portrush. I mean, he's a world golf champion. Shane Lowry's had a very successful career. One of the top players now in the world. Uh, likely a member of the upcoming Ryder Cup team that's going to go to Rome. Uh, this one caught me off guard, saying you know, that, that recently it's been a rocky start. They were quoted as suggesting that they're looking for a spark and some chemistry. I don't know. I know some caddies stick with guys forever. Then there's the Lydia Co method where we just change coaches and managers and cetera, like you change socks. This one was a bit of a surprise for me. I always kind of felt like, I don't know, they, I, got the, I got the feeling that they were, they were friends or, or, or real buds as opposed to just player caddy. Adam, we'll, we'll start with you because I know you're a big Shane Lowry guy. Were you caught off guard by this? I was sort of surprised for sure. And perhaps this might have stemmed back to last year's Masters in the third round. Shane Lowry is in the mix, 13th hole. They have a complete disagreement about whether they should have gone for the green, whether they shouldn't have gone for the green. Lowry ends up making a bogey. They had this huge disagreement. But, I mean, that's going to happen between player and caddy all the time, right? So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe perhaps that's where this all began. But for Lowry, he's just looking for some fresh blood, so to speak, in terms of someone carrying the bag, a new opinion, which, like you mentioned, Mark, these longtime caddy partnerships, a la Stevie and Tiger, a la Bones and Phil, a la Michael and Jordan, Michael and Jordan does sound kind of weird when you say it loud, Michael Greller <laughs> and Jordan Spieth, when you say it out loud, uh, they don't happen very often on tour, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Bo Martin back on a bag soon and Shane Lowry with a new caddy as well, obviously, very soon. Bob, is for me, this is this more a concern of, hey, maybe Shane Lowry's a little lost in the wilderness, and this speaks more of desperation of where he is with his golf game right now? I, I almost feel like that's the read on it. What's your read? Yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. I mean, when you look at his, his recent form, it's not that bad. He had a win at the BMW P, uh, PGA Championship, which is one of the big wins over on the DP World Tour, and he's had some top 20 finishes, um, really, for the last little bit, but... I think he feels uh, 
He's missed some opportunities in terms of how he's played. I think if you look at where he is in positions in golf tournaments, he doesn't seem to be able to kind of put four rounds together or he's in the hunt and then he falls off or he has one good round and three bad ones. Or So I think this could be as much as anything just like I just need something different. I need – it's not you. And they said it wasn't personal in, in respects, but there have been some moments where you think it might be, as Adam was explaining – I think this is just let's freshen things up and see if uh, of a change, you know, change for change sake will will work out. Well, speaking of opportunity, Bob, there's a huge opportunity for a superstar of the game, two or three of them to squash a field that on paper looks like they shouldn't compete or an opportunity for someone to grab their first win and surprise one of those superstars. It's happening at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am on the PGA Tour this week. The stop in Monterey, and we'll take a deep dive into FanDuel, some of the odds, some of the favorites. We'll play a little over par, under par on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Design with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit JPSMGolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf. Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is the old Crosby clam bake, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, played at Pebble Beach Golf Links, Spyglass, Monterey Country Club. Three courses in the rotation, five and a half, six-hour rounds with celebrities everywhere. Uh, it can be a challenging week for the golf pro, which is why maybe this field looks a little thin. Also, with the rejigging of the schedule and designated events, we knew there was going to be winners. They knew that we knew that there were going to be losers when it came to the strength of schedule. The stars in the field: Jordan Spieth, Matthew Fitzpatrick, and Victor Hovland. All players at plus eleven hundred, according to FanDuel. We're going to get into that and play over par, under par. Before we do, though, guys, how hard is this to handicap? Let's be honest. There's only, you know, two rounds at Pebble Beach. So you start breaking down the type of player that wins at Pebble Beach. Well, there's, you know, there's the smallest greens on the PGA Tour by about 2,000 square feet on average. Uh, Everybody misses greens here, even the best iron players. It's been saturated with water over the winter. Uh, the course is in good shape. It's better now, but still going to be very soft. Bob, what do you do when you're like, before, you know, we're going to get the edge picks later on in the show, but how, you can't, you can't go through the three golf courses and break it down that way. Horses for courses. So what's your method to your madness here? I kind of looked at two methods. One was just like, who's the overall best player. Cause if you're playing well, then generally you can handle most courses. I know that there are certainly horses and courses for horses and horses for courses. And then the other thing is, you know, who putts well? Because generally if, if, if there's a, a common denominator, good putters usually fare pretty well. So I kind of went with those two looks. But you're right. It's, it's, uh, and even if you look at, at the list of past champions, there are some big names up there. Phil obviously has won this and... Uh, you go through that. Dustin Johnson's won this, but then you also look at there's Ted Potter Jr. and 
I mean, even even Tom Hoagie last last year was kind of a journeyman guy. He got his first win and on there. So I, I don't know. This might be one of the harder weeks of the year to try and handicap. A hundred percent agree, and you're right with the names. Not only is it all different types of names in terms of star power, journeyman, etc., all different styles of play. Guys that are known for their putting, guys that are known for scrambling, long bombers. Everybody has won here over the decades. Adam, when you break it down that way, what was your formula this week? Yeah, a lot of what I was doing when I made my picks were looking at past success at this tournament, really, because, you know, that's going to be crucial, especially when you're playing three different courses. You're not exactly having the most time to prepare. The weather doesn't exactly look incredible. High of 16 uh, tomorrow for the first round, 16 with with rain on Friday, 16 cloud on Saturday, 14 and 85% chance of rain on Sunday. So the rain, so the weather isn't looking spectacular. Also looking at guys who are maybe from the area, uh, but th- that's sort of how I made my pick. But it's it's tough because, like you mentioned, Mark, it's a pretty wide open field with what three of the top 25 ranked players in the world who are playing this week. All right, let's do some over par, under par. We will do TSN edge picks later on in the show. We will also take a look at the Canadian component of this field as well. But Jordan Spieth, plus 1,100, third all-time on the money list in this event. Last time we saw him, he had the lead after one round of the Sony Open, and then he missed the cut. Is that an outlier, Adam? Over par, under par, Jordan Spieth. I kind of think that is an outlier. I really do. I know his swing changes are really... Slowly taking into fruition, he's he's still doing that sort of unorthodox sort of pre-shot routine where he's over the ball. And like you mentioned, he's had a lot of great success at this course before. He's used to playing these rounds that take a year and a half to play on a daily basis. I like Jordan Spieth this week. 1,100 does maybe seem a little low. And like I'll say for all three of these guys, Fitzpatrick, Spieth, and Hovland, it might be a case of let's say one of them goes out and shoots two over in round one and their odds go up to say plus 2,000 then I think that's the time to hit if those who are listening like to gamble a little bit. All right, Jordan Spieth, Bob, same to you. Outlier, over par, or under par? Uh, I think under par. I'm not really convinced that he's going to... He hasn't shown me... I, you know, it's it's like the Missouri, right? Show The show me state. Like, I want to see something from him over three rounds or two rounds or something. I just need to see a little bit of consistency. He's played well at times this year obviously, but there's just, it's just kind of, to me, I'm not ready to put my uh, wager down there on those kind of odds as, as Adam so you got said. him over par then. You've Sorry, got him I'm not... getting my overs and unders mixed up. Yeah, yeah over par. <laughs> um, so I just think that he's, I'm not ready yet to, to, to go in on, on Jordan Spieth yet. I think there's better opportunities out there. All right, give you a Victor Hovland, one of the other favorites. Now, Victor Hovland, we haven't seen him really a lot this year, obviously, uh, one in the funny season um, it concerns me a little Victor Hovland because you've got to be sharp around the greens here. He hits a lot of greens, but has his short game Bob improved enough to keep him under par for you? Or do you have him over par here? Uh, and this is, you know, wait a week on Victor. Wait till we get to a golf course that suits Victor a little better. Uh, I'm going under par with Victor Hovland. I like Victor Hovland this week for a number of reasons, because if you look back, he kind of plays well on courses where he has a lot of fun and he's enjoying himself and he's not too necessarily, it's not a grinding kind of event. He's played, he's only, he's only uh, I think his last year was like tied for 38th or 39th here, but he won the U.S. Amateur here and he played well in the U.S. Open here in 2021. 
So he's got a good track record on this golf course, and for that reason, I got him under par. Adam, same for you. Over or under with Victor Hovland? Yeah, I'm under par here too. And Bob mentioned his past success with the U.S. Amateur at Pebble Beach. Which is not that far away, right? Not that long ago. He's not that old, exactly. And yeah, he was the low amateur of the 2019 Masters that Tiger won. But, you know, for, for Victor Hovland, you know, we talk all the time about his chipping. And, yes, I know it's a very limited size in terms of tournaments played. Last season, he was 191st in the PGA Tour in strokes in around the green. This year, so far, 39th. So he's really improved in that category. And, yes, I know he hasn't played anywhere near as many tournaments. But still, improvement, Victor Hovland, under par. All right, we will see if Victor Hovland or Jordan Spieth show up on any of our TSN Edge picks later on in the show. On the other side, we're going to the Monterey Country Club. Will Haskett from PGA Tour Radio and PGA Tour Alive is down there on the ground on the radio call this week. We'll hear from him on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score. Good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. The PGA Tour heads to Pebble Beach this week, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro. And of course, you catch the broadcast as always on TSN this week. And now available on TSN Plus, main feed, featured hole coverage, marquee group and featured group on TSN Plus, coverage of PGA Tour Live. And a member of that PGA Tour Live team, as well as a member of my PGA Tour radio team, is on the ground this week covering it for radio. He's also the author of... The Science of Golf. You can follow him at Will Haskett. He is Will Haskett. I had the chance to catch up with Will. Will, I know you had a chance to play this week your own game. Thanks for taking the time to do this. Let's start right there because weather always a factor at Pebble Beach. Yes, one of the most beautiful places on earth, but your colleague this week, Fred Albers, calls this the home of the 150-yard 7-iron. What's the weather like this week, and how does the ball travel in the Monterey Peninsula? I mean, it's beautiful right now, Mark. Thanks for having me. And it's supposed to be good half the week, I think, during this tournament. And then there's a chance of rain really on Friday and Sunday. But most of it is morning and then, you know, getting lighter in the day. So I don't think it's going to be a problem in terms of, you know, any sort of stoppages and stuff for it. But, yeah, it's been a while since I've played golf in Northern California. You know, the temperatures out here are cool, even for this time of year. So, you know, days are starting in the upper 30s, low 40s. We're struggling to get out of the low 50s and the mid 50s and no humidity. I mean, it's it's a full club conditions <laughs> any of us from the Midwest or the South or anywhere where it's a little bit warmer or there's just, you know, you're coastal. I mean, it's, there's no elevation help. There's nothing. It's, it's just a dead ball. It feels like when it comes out of it. So I'm going to try my best this week to not knock any professional that comes up a little bit short because I have just spent 36 holes coming up short on every single shot that I've hit. I've never felt, I've never played a 60, hundred yard golf course and felt so beat up from thinking I played Beth Page Black from the tips or something. I mean, it's, it's remarkable. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, feel, I feel humbled and human right now trying to play golf out here in Northern California in these cool temperatures. Well, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I've done it a few times myself, and, and it's eye-opening. And, and what it really says, Will, is 
kind of ignore the yardage on the scorecard this week because, yeah. you know, Pebble Beach, by all accounts, modern day, I know we have three courses in rotation here, but modern day, short by standards, but throw it out the window and smallest greens on tour. So what type of player are you looking for this week? Are we looking for guys like, you know, Tom Hoagie, defending champion, who's flagging his irons right now? Or are you looking at someone who's just can get up and down from everywhere because we assume that everyone's going to miss greens? Yeah, I mean, and they're generous fairways in some spots, you know, depending on the, obviously the course rotation. But, you know, Pebble's got a couple of places that are narrow. But for the most part, they're, they're pretty generous in terms of being able to hit fairways. It's then how can you make contact with those, you know, with those tiny little greens? You know, can you maximize your birdie opportunities? I kind of go back and forth on this mark because yeah, I think about it and it's like, well, everybody's going to miss greens, right? So you, know, you have to have a really tidy short game. Like why does Jordan Spieth love playing here? Big slopey greens, a lot of imagination, a lot of different quirky sort of lies, things that just allow his natural gifts of imagination and touch and feel to be really successful. But if you're on a ball striking heater, um, it can be a really, really good second shot golf course um, if it allows you to. But I think this week, but guys are just going to miss greens. And I always will sort of go to guys who are good putters, especially with, you know, Poana surfaces. Um, you know, we've seen guys with Northern California experience, the Stanford guys, like a Maverick McNeely, who has played really, really well historically in this tournament because he grew up here and understands a lot of the things that come with the uniqueness of the grass. So, yeah, I think guys that are hitting their irons well, but who are also really good, have really tidy short games and putters because, just like last week, you know, you get to the late afternoon and five footers just roll a little bit different in these California courses than they do on Tiff Eagle Bermuda in Florida in the middle of in the middle of April. Yeah, you better like putting on broccoli in, in those PMT times. Um, right. You brought up Jordan Spieth. So let's go there, Will. You know, third all-time money list in this event, a win, a couple top threes. He's never missed a cut here. Do you expect the Jordan Spieth that we've seen over the years here, or are you concerned that he had the lead through, you know, 18 holes of the Sony sitting on top of leaderboard misses the cut. I'm personally, I'm calling that an, an anomaly where, you know, that that's, that's just an outlier. I, I expect the Jordan that's comfortable around this Rota. Where are you with Jordan? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I also think that, that Hawaii, um, that uh, YLI is not that good of a golf course for him. Uh, I was more kind of stunned than he was in the first round lead and necessarily they missed the cut. It was still stunning, but that's a golf course where you really need to hit fairways. You just got to keep the ball from chasing into some bad angles and some bad lies in the rough. And, you know, he got himself in a couple of really squirrely situations on Friday and, and then couldn't dig himself out of it late in that one. This is a far better course fit for him. Cause again, you can be a little bit more wild off the tee. You don't have to hit fairways and take big numbers out of it because again, his short game skills are going to give him the opportunity to get back in holes. And for the most part, these courses have a little bit of a wider berth. It's not as if you're going to get stuck behind a thousand trees if you hit it offline. And but they've got, you know, biblical type rains out here for the last month. So everything is green. Everything is lush. I expect the scoring to be muted a little bit more than some years because of that factor, because the fact that the rough is so gnarly, but I think that plays into a guy who can deliver the club to the golf ball, especially around the green, better than almost anybody else can. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's a perfect course fit for Jordan's skill set. And you couple it with the fact that, you know, let's be honest, this is in the deepest field. So you don't have as many big names sort of jockeying around the top guys at the, at the top of the board. So it's just an easier week in terms of, you know, dealing with um, just the, the quality of field against him. 
We're with Will Haskett from PGA Tour Radio. He's on the call from the ground this week at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Will, you brought up the weather. We saw images for the last several weeks of some holes at Monterey Peninsula Country Club. They look like they just got washed out. Has there been any permanent damage? What are the courses like? Are they back to tip-top shape? Or is there some aftermath from those storms that you mentioned? Yeah, no, all of the stuff that went viral on social media wasn't even the, the course at Monterey that's played for this tournament. And they were back playing on that hole two weeks after it happened. So there's been, it's been more really what the flooding did to the communities. And I think that this week offers just a great opportunity with all of the, the charitable dollars that are raised, that a lot of it's going to go back to community relief. Um, and I think that's the, the bigger story than necessarily what happened to the golf course properties. But um, no, no lasting impacts from those terrible weather conditions um, over the last uh, no, the last month or so. All right. Before we get a couple of picks of who you got your eye on and what you think might transpire, because I know you and I have been on a couple of the same rookies for the majority of the year. Uh, actually, a couple of guys we really like are just not in the field this week. So I'm curious of of where you're leaning. But before we get there, this is a unique event. I've had the opportunity of working it a couple of times. The last time I worked it uh, was actually a year ago and spent the whole Saturday doing Celebrity Saturday. I was like a kid in a candy store uh, trying to meet all the 49ers that were in the field. I met Josh Allen, uh, several actors. Is there somebody from a pro-am standpoint that you're looking forward to uh, meeting and maybe connecting with? You know, I heard from a friend of mine that Nate Bergazzi's in the field this week, who's a really famous comedian that I love. He actually does. Really, I mean, it's just amazing sort of family shtick sort of humor. Um, So it's like that type of thing. Like, you know, we've had the pleasure of calling a lot of different sports in our life. And I feel as if I'm sort of numb to athletes and celebrities. But then when it comes to like the actors and the people, I heard that. I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was in golf. So it's like the guys that I think are sort of fresh in my mind, you know, are the ones that I think I'd be the most excited about. So that'd be one name that kind of comes up. And I haven't gone through the entire list, but it's always really, really good. So I can't wait to see uh, what Saturday brings and and what kind of good sound we can get out of those guys. Because, I mean, they just they love to talk about golf. Because for this week, you know, they get to sort of step away from their day jobs and get to sort of feel like what it's like every week when we're out here covering golf, playing golf. And it's just a totally fun sort of role reversal for everybody at this tournament. All right, who's Will Haskett got his eye on this week, other than the obvious? I think, you know, everybody's speaking Jordan Spieth simply because, like you mentioned, not the strongest field in the world, and he's got a great history here. Uh, But there are some dark horses out there. You mentioned Maverick McNeely. He's on the tip of most people's tongues. Do you like Maverick? Who else are you looking? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think it's it's probably there's probably too many people that like him for it to really truly be a long shot. And when you look at it just strictly from a um, an odd standpoint, he's not even a long shot because again, the field is is just I guess weak enough that you know someone like Mav kind of springs to the top of the board a little bit. So you know, there's far more value in him in other weeks. But again, I think that just his knowledge and not to mention like he's fared really well at this golf tournament few times he's played it, you know, but there are probably expectations there on himself to do really well this week. He's still some of the guy that I kind of, I flock to at the front of it. Um, you know, the same thing we were talking about Sony earlier. I think I saw somewhere like Webb Simpson is a three digit underdog in terms of books, which I know it's been lean times, but again, a guy that can, that can putt it pretty well. Um, I think the greens are a little bit different than where his best putting numbers are, but has always been really good with the irons. Like, I just think that there's, there's such win equity and value in somebody like that, that that's a name that kind of pops out to me. And again, I'll, I'll go with, you know, 
guys that have Northern California experience, and I'm a little biased because we spent some time this week at Stanford and, and got a great tour of their facilities, but a guy that's been on the PGA Tour and hasn't made it necessarily a huge name for himself, almost got it done last year in Puerto Vallarta at the, the Mexico Open, but Brandon Wu is an amazing putter, has knowledge in this particular area and keeps the ball right in front of him, like a truly accurate player, like hits a lot of fairways, hits a lot of greens, isn't the longest guy out there. Um, so I feel like it's just going to be one of those type of stories, somebody with a little bit of a local connection, because again, this is a tournament where we just have seen like guys that can really figure it out on these greens who are really good at dealing with their slope and the undulation and the short game to get it up and down and to make the gnarly six to eight footer when you need to are the guys that tend to find a way to thrive. All right, Will, before we say goodbye, I got to give you our Golf Talk Canada Twitter poll question. We asked our Twitter universe this question. Who will win more worldwide in the calendar year of 2023? John Rahm or Rory McIlroy? Where's Will Haskett going? So we have to count what's already happened, but I guess they're even, right? So uh, I will go with, Man, it's a great question. I mean, they're both they're both due to revert a little bit back to the mean, right? Because of how well they've played. Uh, I'm gonna go with I'll say Rory wins more than Rom this year. I'll say that that's that's I'll say that we haven't. I think that he's just playing at a sustainable high level. I'm not saying that John doesn't have that same sort of gear, but I think what we've seen from Rom has been so good. But it, he's been playing a lot of golf to be able to do it over the course of three or four months. Whereas Rory came back after his normal sort of holiday hiatus and found a way to win again. I just think that I think Rory understands why it's so important for him to win this year. And last weekend was a great example of it. So yeah, I'm going to say that Rory edges out Rom in total wins this year. Well, have an amazing week. Have a bourbon for me by the fire pits at Spanish Bay, would you? I'll make it a double. Awesome. Thanks, Will. See you, Brandon Wu, plus 12,000 right now. Fan duel odds there. Will Haskett liking Brandon Wu. And Maverick McNeely at plus 1,700. He also went with Rory over John Rahm in our Twitter poll question. And that's where we're going next. On the other side, we'll go to Adam Scully, and he will break down who you like. Rob or Rory, who gets more W's in 2023? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. We asked you on our social media Twitter universe, who will have more wins in 2023? John Rahm or Rory McIlroy? Tough one, because right now, globally speaking... 1-1 in the calendar year of 2023. Two, Adam. You're giving me the two. Where Rom. was... Rom's got two. Okay, so one of them came early in 2023, so it's 2-1. So Will got that wrong, too. How come in my mind he's got one? So right now it is 2-1. Yeah, okay. So if, if you want to think... So technically this season on the PGA Tour... No, that's actually wrong too. Rom has two wins in 2023. Rory McIlroy has 
two wins if you combine the 2022-2023 2022-2023 season has okay. won the DP World So this Tour. is a little convoluted because we are marrying seasons in years. So tough, but, tough now here. Yes, but the question did read, who wins more in 2023? So right, right. now it's 2-1 for John Rahm. Of course, Cor- Rahm already a couple of dubs this season on the PGA Tour. And our Twitter audience says, Rory McIlroy with 59.4% of the vote. They're going Rory with getting more uh, than John Rahm. John Rahm at 31%, and the tie was at 8.9%. Okay, who are you going with that? I am also going with Rory McIlroy. I really think if he if he's playing the way he is, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out and goes on a run that we saw Dustin Johnson go through later in 2020, that we saw Justin Thomas go through in uh, when he won the PGA Championship 2017, Jordan Speed in 2015. I wouldn't be surprised to see Rory win five or six times this year. All right, Bob. Same question to you. Rom or Rory? Uh, I am with, with Adam. I think, I think this is going to be a huge year for Rory McIlroy, to be perfectly honest with you. I think he is fired up. I think he's going to be motivated. I think he might have a few less distractions than he did last year. If he plays like we saw him play uh, last week, then, wow, I would, be, uh, I would be looking out. I mean, the putts he was hitting, the wedge shots he was hitting, some of those parts that have been weak in his game over the last few years that seem to be solidified. Not to take anything away from John Rahm as well, but I think John Rahm is more likely to have what we saw last week at the Farmers as well, where you have you know, a couple of bad rounds or a couple of bad nines here and there. And I, the, other, the other factor in there too is I, I, don't know, I don't know how much they each would play in a, in a year. They'd probably play about the same number of events. I was thinking of that, but... I think Rory's um, Rory comes in. Seems to me Rory comes in just a little bit more prepared than John Rom, and I have nothing to base that on other than what I've seen them there as well. So I think, I think, I think for for all of those reasons and for just gut instinct, I think it's going to be Rory. You know what I find amazing about this is I believe it's going to be Rory as well. So the three of us are on Rory, but what I find amazing about this is last week we all had John Rom at somewhere between three to four wins for the season as well, which means if that's the case, then we all have Rory at four to six victories somewhere in there. So that's a big year. When you consider, you know, more often than not, five win seasons, go back historically and look at how many times players have had five wins or more on the PGA Tour. It does not happen as often as you think if you eliminate Tiger Woods from the equation. Uh, it is not that often achieved. So it's going to be interesting to see where this shakes down. All right, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro, uh, Pro-Am. Adam and I, we've played the golf course. Bob, have you played the, this, this set of golf courses before? I have not. I have been out there many times to cover the event. Uh, I have yet to tee it up at Pebble or any of the other events out there, actually. Or well, we're going to talk a little Saudi International to kick off hour two. But before we do, I want to get uh, Adam uh, Adam's breakdown of these golf courses. because He's played them recently, and I've played them recently as well. So we'll do that off the top of hour two before we get to the Saudi International. But it is a pro-am this week, Bob. And you've been doing this for too many decades to mention, because if I, if I mention those decades, then you're going to mention my decades, and then we're going to call each other old. <laughs> However, I've got to think somewhere in there that you've got a pretty 
you've got to have a celebrity golf story. What's what's off the top of your head? What what what's a good celebrity golf story that Bob Weeks has had over the years? Uh, one time in Florida, I got a chance to play with Alice Cooper and uh, of you know of the band Alice Cooper. He told me, I mean he we had a great round of golf, and he is an excellent player, scratch player probably. Yeah, maybe maybe th- anyway, no worse than a three from based on what I saw that day. And he told me first of all that golf saved his life because when he was on tour. He would essentially get into a hotel room, wake up, and start drinking, you know, at noon because he had nothing to do until eight o'clock that night for the show. And his manager came in and found him once passed out uh, in the bathroom floor, took him to rehab, got him straightened out, and he said, "I've got to find something to eat up the hours in the day." So he went into golf, and he went into golf in a big way and became a really, really good golfer. So on the first tee, we were standing up, and uh, he hits his tee shot, and he absolutely rips it down the fairway of this course we were playing. Comes back to me, and he says, "Let's see Marilyn Manson do that." Which <laughs> 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 <It> was great. <laughs> and we had talks all about Canadian musicians that he had uh, played with. We had talks about one of his passions is when he goes into a city, he goes and looks for antique watches in the pawn shops, and he told me the stories about going up on Church Street in Toronto and doing that. So uh, we, had, we had just a, just an amazing uh, day of golf, and uh, he's a really fun guy to play with. Yeah, it's great. I've heard the story before about, uh, you know, having an addiction and, and golf being such a healthy replacement because that addiction has to go somewhere. So why not something that keeps you outside, moving around and meeting new people uh, for four and a half hours? Another reason why golf is such a great sport that can carry you uh, well into your uh, into your senior years. Okay, on the other side, we're going to pick up the spyglass, pebble, yada yada conversation with Adam and I who have uh, played those courses recently. And we're going to switch gears to the Saudi International because the field is deep. There are PGA Tour players that were granted a release to play on the Asian Tour uh, this week in this event. Just the water's cloudy. It is convoluted. And there's a really interesting quote from Bubba Watson that I really want to get to because it just makes me want to smash my head against the desk. All this coming up in hour two. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to hour one of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Hour two, lots to get to. TSN Edge Picks. We're going to take a look at the Canadians as well in the field at Pebble Beach this week. We'll get you caught up on 
what leaderboards, what tournaments are happening in the world of golf. It's not too busy, but we have the Saudi International, which we will get to next. Before we get there, though, Adam, you recently played these golf courses, and you've told me many times off-air, and I think you mentioned it last week on-air, that you think Spyglass is the toughest in the Rota. I might agree with you. Yeah, totally. So I didn't get a chance to play the Monterey Peninsula. I played Span- uh, Spanish Bay. Um, so that course is not being played this week. But Pebble Beach and Spyglass, two very, very, very different golf courses. Uh, as our caddy said at Pebble Beach, the first 10 holes, it's sort of a resort course. And then the final eight, it's, it's hard. It's good, hard golf and i really enjoyed that but spyglass is just a battle and when we played it was certainly very breezy there's actually a wind warning in the area when we played it so you can you can imagine how hard that was but the greens are very firm there are some very unique holes as well for example the fourth hole which is basically the green is about as wide as my wingspan like it is as wide and tough as it gets. So I, I'm, I can't wait to watch both of these courses now on TV, having played them. Uh, Mark, you played all three of them recently, is that correct? Yeah, I've played all of them. The, the Monterey Peninsula I have not played recently. It was done after the renovation for Mike Strands. Mike Strands, the last course he ever touched and renovated before we lost him way too early to cancer. I believe he died at the age of 52 somewhere between 50 and 52 anyway brilliant course designer that insisted on being on property didn't take on a bunch of projects all at once actually would go out to the venue itself and paint the holes and then hand off paintings to architects and uh shapers of land etc so he had a very different way of, of doing things uh schooled under tom fazio worked a lot with tom fazio etc real brilliant design you guys know the story of Monterey Peninsula Country Club. I played that golf course, I believe it was December 31st of 2009. I just started dating Mrs. Golf Talk Canada. Wow. We were on our way to Los Angeles for a New Year's Eve party. It was about a six and a half hour, seven hour drive. I'm meeting her, some of her extended family for the first time. Uh, that are having a New Year's Eve party, and I'm playing Monterey Peninsula Country Club that morning. There is nobody there. It's like they opened the course for me. All the members have gone off to their, you know, Cabo homes and their Caribbean homes, and they've all left the peninsula for the holidays. And I'm playing with a guy, uh, great caddy. We're walking. We play 18 holes in like two and a half hours walking. This guy was was just a beauty. And he says, do you mind if I check my cell phone for messages? I said, sure, no problem. He goes into his bag, he listens to a message. He says, what are you doing this afternoon? I said, well, I'm picking up my girlfriend and we're going to, uh, we're going down to LA for New Year's Eve, yada, yada, yada. He goes, do you like this girl? I go, yeah, that's a strange question. Why? He goes, well, I got invited to Cypress Point. We have room for a fourth. I can bring whoever I like. Would you like to play Cypress? And at that moment in time, I had to decide, am I marrying this woman? Or am I just ending it right here, right now, and going to play Cyprus? Thank God I married her, guys. Or I ended, or the story, if I don't marry her at this point, I end up turning down Cyprus for a girl that I never married. So I was forced to marry her at the end of the day. (laughs) Good decision. I think think we should have a weekly dating segment, Mark. I mean, after that, dating advice segment. That's that's the golf version of the shotgun wedding. (laughs) 
The Saudi International is going on. Where do you want to start first, Bob? Do you want to look at the field or do you want to go to the Bubba quote, Bob? Where do you want to start on this? <laughs> Uh, let's, let's look at the field because it's a, it's a wildly diverse field. And, uh, uh, they got an addition today. I got, I saw with Brooks Kepka now, I think, or is he, maybe that's the next one. I can't remember. I'm getting so confused over all these guys, but it is, it is an interesting field because it's the, it's where we've got a mixture of all the tours and the players playing together for the first time. And, and I think in certain cases, you know, what I'm interested to see is the guys who haven't played really much some of the live guys that you know who are in that tournament um what kind of game shape are they going to be in that's that's one of the things that's been crossing my mind quite a bit but go ahead mark well i'm with you bob i, I agree 100 percent. it's like so we've got the deshambos and the bubba watson's back and the phil mickelson's back and a lot of the big live players sergio garcia etc but we also have pga tour players that were granted a release to come and play in this event and we've got some top dp world tour players you know names that uh, leap out at me are you know cameron young in the field um, there's some real interesting stories here. There is Brooks Kepka, as you pointed out, Bob, in the field. But I will go to this, Bob, with you, and then we'll go to Adam for his opinion on this as well. I said from day one that I don't believe the Live Series is conducive because you're prepaid, because you're in a team environment, and because you're really living in bonus land. I'm not sure it's conducive to keeping your game sharp. I'm not sure it's conducive to create the environment necessary for the amount of hours you need to put in to be a top level level tour professional. You know, uh, Ben Hogan said, if I didn't hit balls for one day, I noticed it. If I didn't hit balls for two days, my caddy noticed it. And if I didn't hit golf balls for three days, the entire world noticed it. So when we talk about live and we put that in in the frame of what it means to be a PGA Tour player, I think, Bob, it comes down to the individual. I think it comes down to, you know, Cameron Smith. How relevant does he still want to be when he has those opportunities and majors in the next five years? And it, we'll have individuals that don't care and, ma and mail it in, and then we'll have individuals that are fighting too for now. Do you buy into that narrative, Bob? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think And I think, listen, this is, this is a legit tour where players are, have been playing all year long, and then you bring in... Um, you know, guys like uh, Graham McDowell, um, Abraham Answer, Taylor Gooch. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see where those guys fit, but I think there are there is an interesting mix uh, in the field because of some players, as I say, you know, this is their regular tour. This is where they play every week. Shabanker Sharma, I remember the name from the past, one of those kind of guys who plays on this tour all the time. So it's... It's hard for me to kind of uh, sit there and say, who's the favorite guy in here? Is it Dustin Johnson? Is it Harold Varner, who's won this last year? Uh, is it, you know, Louis Eustace and Brooks Kepka? I, I don't know. But I think it's interesting to see. I think it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of this and, and who, um, where the stuff sifts out to the top and, and also to the bottom. Yeah, I find it, uh, it's, you know, it's Yeah, I know I agree with you a thousand percent. I think it's going to be remarkable. Like things we saw last week where it was Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy, and how many times do we find ourselves in scenarios like that this year where maybe there's one live player that seems to be able to rise the occasion because maybe they've been putting the hours or maybe they've been staying sharp. I don't know. Adam, do you think the narrative that I'm, that I'm drawing up there might be an accurate one? Yeah, totally. And, you know, it goes to the rest versus rust sort of argument or discussion where, you know, like Rory last week, 
He openly admitted that he didn't touch a club for over two weeks during Christmas, came back at the start of the week. His ex- expectations were pretty low. Even throughout the week, he said he didn't really have his best stuff, but just managed his game really well. Of course, he's Rory McIlroy. He's the best ranked player in the world for a reason. But yeah, it's more of a curiosity. You know, I'm curious where, where how Phil's going to play, first of all. I mean, he's number one for me. And then you have guys like, Brooks Kepka, who was quoted earlier today saying, you know, he's not injured. He's feeling great about his game. He can't wait to see what's next. And even Cameron Smith, obviously he went to live last year, but, you know, people might still forget that he set a PGA Tour scoring record last January. He won the Players' Championship and then shot 30 on the back nine to win the Open Championship. Regardless of where he's playing, this guy is still one of the best players in the world. He's now slipped to fourth right now. I'm genuinely curious to see how these guys do perform. And Bob, to your point about some favorites this week, Dustin Johnson's won here twice before. So depending on how much golf he has been playing, how motivated he has been during this offseason, I wouldn't be surprised to see DJ near the top of the leaderboard once again. See, I have Cameron Smith at the top of my live list. This is a guy that needs to be and will likely be the one that is more motivated than anyone else. He has access to more major golf championships than anybody else on this tour would be coming the most recent major winner with that big five-year open window. Of course, he's got the the open pass champions. Now, there's a bunch of other pass champions. I'm sure Phil Mickelson can, you know, he can pass champion his way through the entire thing with the exception of the U.S. Open, etc. But Cam Smith is the most recent and the most relevant, and I believe Cam Smith still thinks in his mind that his major career is in front of him. That's going to be very hard to do under the current structure. That might change. It also might not. Something to keep an eye on. Now, guys, we could do a full hour on just the press conferences this week from the Saudi International. Bubba Watson had a a bunch of highlights uh, talking about sitting outside at the champions dinner, but, you know, at the masters with him and Scotty Scheffler, they went back and forth. He was, you know, he was actually quite lighthearted and, and seemed quite positive about the whole thing. This is the one where I start to smash my head against the desk, as I previously mentioned. And if you recall summer last year, I, you know, roughly don't tie me to summer, but when he mentioned that he went home and prayed, for the answer to join live. And of course, through prayer, uh, the, the reason to join live became quite clear that, okay. So, uh, cause I, I don't know who I pray to is really concerned about where you play golf, uh, with all the problems in the world. Anyway, don't get me started. Uh, this is the quote, how I signed up with live is that my 10 year old son was sitting in bed with me. We were go- watching golf on TV and he knew the aces. He said, everybody knows the aces. They keep winning. And right then, he knew that it was time to join Liv. Come on. Everybody knows the aces. It is, I mean, it, it, just tell the truth. Just give me the Harold Varner. Just give me the, I went for the dough. I can do a lot of great things with this dough. My family needs the dough. I want the dough. That's what Faraday said. That's what Varner said. A bunch of them have said that. A bunch of them keep driving these ridiculous narratives. And no one knows who the aces are. I don't even know if there's a single person listening to this radio show this morning right now that could actually tell me who's on the aces without Googling the internet. Nobody is the answer. The Formula One concept, I get it. This isn't it. Formula One concept is Team Callaway, Team TaylorMade, Team Nike, 
Team Adidas, Team, you have to have an allegiance or Spanish team, English team, American team. That's Formula One, not aces, nut bolts, you know, lightning bolts, bubble gums, whatever bad marketing. I mean, that drives me nuts. Why, what, Bob, why the insistence on driving this garbage? Well, first of all, you know, maybe Bubba's son picked up one of uh, Patrick Reed's tees. I understand he ordered a skid with them and uh, was dropping them by helicopter all over Florida. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just sort of weird. I don't know if this is something that they've... It's like, you know, it's like that, that magic drink that they make you swallow when you're in a cult or something. I'm not really sure what it is or why they would do it this way. Because you don't really, no, you're not fooling anybody. I mean, listen, if that kid said that, oh, more power to him. But I just I have a hard time believing it. Um, Baba can just say, look, I wanted to come and play on the Live Tour. It's where I want to play. That's all he has to say. It's, it's such a weird scenario. The whole thing is a little bit weird. Uh, one, one quick little sidebar of, the t- of, a, of on the players is the most interesting guy in the field might be Mito Pereira. Ah, yes. Who's in the field, does not, is a PGA Tour player to this point, and does not have an exemption to play in there. So and <laughs> I Bob guess one plus one equals field, two. He's also apparently in the field next week on the Asian Tour as well. Yeah, so I think one plus one equals I think so as well. I mm-hmm. think so as well. I think he is likely the next name announced for Tour. And I'm with you, Bob, a thousand percent. All he's got to do, all Bubba wants to, has to do is it. I like I like the the concept. I think it's a great opportunity. I don't know. It's right for me and my family right now. I went to live. You can also say that I. You know what? The team concept's kind of cool to me, and I think there's something here. I think this might have legs. But to go all in on this kind of BS narrative about the aces and da da da, Adam. I think Bob used the right term. It's like, it's almost like they're being told or scripted. To push this narrative, it's almost like it's coming from the top down because it sounds so ridiculous. I can't believe that that this that he crafted this on his own. You know, it's like it's almost like when some players have gone on talk shows, <clears throat> excuse me, in the past where they've given them sort of buzzwords to drop into conversations randomly, and they're sort of yeah. out of like crazy. You know, and last year it was growing the game and all that mm-hmm. nonsense. Just so you guys know, I went on LiveGolf.com and tried to see who was on the four aces, and you actually can't see who's on any team right now. I know their season hasn't started yet, but just so you know, if you want to go on LiveGolf.com and check out who's on what team, you can't do that. What about the Niblicks? Do you know who's going to be on the Niblicks? I got a Niblick pool going. Uh, there, nope. Are we over un- no or under on the Niblicks? Right <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of All a right. high flyers guy. Yeah. All right, enough. <clears throat> We're putting three X's <laughs> on the other side. We're going to get back to Pebble Beach. We got Canadians in the field. We'll get to Adam Skelly and we'll take a look at some of the Edge FanDuel odds and. What we think of our Canadians, very different stories for these boys coming into this event, and one of them a past champion. On the other side, we'll get to it. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. 
from Golf Talk Canada. I forgot last week to welcome Cobble Beach to the Golf Talk Canada family. We'll have some more news and information on Cobble Beach coming up in the next few weeks or so as they prepare for the spring season and arrival of golf here in the province of Ontario. But I've always enjoyed my visits up to Cobble Beach. So we'll, they got a ton going on too with new real estate phase being released, etc. Anyway, it's a lovely place. We'll have more welcome to the GTC family. Four Canadians in the field this week at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Adam, very different stories for these four players coming into this event. Yeah, very different stories for all four of these guys coming in this week. Like we mentioned at the end of last segment, you know, one of these Canadians is Nick Taylor. And of course, Nick Taylor won the 2020 AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am in a duel over Phil Mickelson. Kevin Streelman was also in the mix that week, too. And from an odds perspective, that week, Nick Taylor opened at 160 to 1. So definitely some value there. But let's run through the Canadians, guys, and talk about what we like, what we don't like, how we think they will fare uh, this week. Let's start with Taylor Pendrith. He has the lowest odds of all Canadians this week, 48 to 1 to win, plus 450 for a top 10. And for top 20, plus 200 or 2 to 1. Bob, we saw Taylor up close uh, in personal at the Farmers Insurance Open, hitting a shot out of the rough. How do you like Taylor's chances this week? Um, I think he's going to be doing a lot of laughing this week because he's, his partner in the Pro-Am is Will Arnett, Canadian. <laughs> and uh, so I think that'll be, that'll be good. It's funny, you know, Taylor's getting a lot of love on, uh, on FanDuel from a lot of the people out there. They seem to love him. And I think people are just sort of sitting and waiting for that. Is this going to be the week that he has a breakthrough? It's not kind of if it's going to happen, more so when it's going to happen. I'm not sure about this golf course, series of golf courses for Taylor. You know, he's a big hitter. We know that. He does have a pretty good short game now. He's worked tirelessly on that. He wouldn't be my top Canadian pick here this week, though. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, You know, it's... Uh, you know, Taylor had that great end to the year last year, and the President's Cup didn't have his best stuff, but still made that team. Mark, what do you think about Taylor Pendrith and his chances this I, week? I'm with Bob. He's not my top Canadian this week. I do think it will happen for Taylor this year. I, I'm in agreement with the golf community. Uh, I didn't like his finish at the Farmers. That Sunday, there were some low scores at the Farmers on Sunday. You know, Jason Day had a good day. Um, there were some definite, definite rounds out, out there. Uh, he closed with 77 uh, at the Farmers. I think Taylor needs to knock some more rust off. Uh, and I'm with Bob. I'm not so sure about these golf courses with these small, small greens. But I do think, like I said last week when we had this uh, discussion about the Canadians in the field, let come back to me on Taylor Pendrith somewhere in the Florida swing. I think that's when we're going to get to more Taylor Pendrith style of golf courses. I think enough rust will be off. There you go. Okay, next up, uh, Nick Taylor, who we just mentioned, won this tournament a couple of years ago. This week, he opens with 70-1 to odds to win outright, plus 550 for a top 10, and for a top 20, plus 230. Mark, this is a player who has two top 10s already this season. So given his form coming in, which is pretty decent, one of those top 10s was a T7 at the Sony Open a couple of weeks ago. How do you like Nick Taylor's odds this week? And let's keep in mind that the miscut at the American Express was a three-round miscut where he was six under par. I mean, that was insane that week. Everybody was shooting a 1,000 under par. It's not that he played poorly. And the 62 on Saturday, 
at Walleye is, is a hell of a round at the Sony Open. Nick Taylor is by far my favorite Canadian this week as a horses for courses play as well. He's worked hard all winter, worked a lot on the short game. And if I had five TSN picks this week, TSN edge picks, if we were asked for five and not three, Nick Taylor would have been on my team. Ooh, Bob, if you had five TSN edge picks this week, would he have been on your team too? <laughs> he, he probably would have been. I had him in my, you know, I do my pick six where I pick two to win, two top tens and two top 20s. He was, I put him in there for a top 20 at 230. I thought that was pretty good value. Uh, I like the fact that Nick has played, he's played pretty consistently well this year. He's played pretty consistently well on this golf course, in this golf tournament, I should say. I keep saying course, it's three courses. Don't forget, he grew up on the West Coast. He went to school on the West Coast. So he kind of knows the, uh, the land and, the, and the, what, what to expect there. So I think he's, uh, he's going to surprise a few people this week. Now, Bob, you mentioned earlier Taylor Pendrith and his partner this week, Will Arnett. Ben Silverman's partner this week is someone many people, and by many I mean everyone's familiar with, and that's Aaron Rodgers. Now, we saw a quarterback retire earlier this morning, Tom Brady, which I'm surprised we haven't actually spoken about yet today. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is playing with Ben Silverman, and Bob Ben Silverman won very recently on the Corn Ferry Tour. His odds to win are 280 to 1, so obviously a long shot here. But for a top 10, 21 to 1, and for a top 20 plus 750, some pretty good value for a guy coming in playing well. Yeah, I think, listen, I don't think we're fooling anybody in saying that it's going to be a bit of a step up to go from the Corn Ferry Tour up to the PGA Tour. But, you know, with this field, it's not that far off in terms of where the the overlap might might actually happen. Uh, anytime you win, you're obviously very confident in your game. I don't know what uh, I know. I know Ben has played this, the tournament in the past when he was on the PGA Tour, but I don't know exactly what his other track record is on this golf course. Um, I think he. I, I spoke to him very briefly. Uh, we're trying to set something up that we should hopefully have him on next week. But he is. Uh, he's riding the high. He's feeling good about where his game is. That he's. Uh, uh, and that that can carry you a long way. Is he going to win this tournament? Well, it'll be a, be a big surprise, but top 20 wouldn't be out of the uh, possibility. It totally wouldn't. And so, Mark, like I mentioned, 280 to 1 to win for Ben Silverman. The final Canadian, Michael Gligic, who is, is just searching for something right now, you know. Uh, top 20, 11 to 1. Top 10, 23 to 1 odds on FanDuel. And to win, uh, this would be an extreme long shot at 650 to 1. Yeah, well, I'm with Bob on Ben Silverman. You know, winning breeds winning. It was an awkward 72nd hole, but he put it together again in the playoff. But And, and again, the quality of this field isn't too far off Corn Ferry. But, but when it comes to Michael Glick, I love Michael. He's such a good guy. Uh, he, so hard. You, we pull for him so hard because he's such a good player. And he, and he had to go back to Corn Ferry Tour to get the card again. And it's just been an awful start for him. So I think we're all in a wait-and-see approach, guys, for Michael. Would that not be agreed, Adam? Totally, 100% agree, and, and hopefully for a guy, you know, he's been on tour a couple of years now. Uh, let, let's see if we can get it. Uh, let's see if we can make the weekend. That'd be a good week for Michael Gligan. All right, boys, on the other side, we will reveal our TSN Edge picks. Where did we go? Our favorite, our likely, and maybe a value play. We'll see. We'll go around the horn. Three picks from each of us. Pebble Beach Pro-Am TSN FanDuel Edge picks coming up next. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community.
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Okay, let's go around the horn. TSN Edge FanDuel picks for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. It is a tough one to handicap. Adam, give me your favorite this week and why. Okay, my favorite this week, uh, someone who uh, we were speaking about very briefly earlier in the show, was Maverick McNeely. He's had a very consistent start to the season. Six finishes of T18 or better. Fifth in scoring average this season as well. Also a ton of success at this tournament. Two top fives in four career starts. You can find him at plus 1,700 on FanDuel right now. Maverick McNeely, 17 to 1, plus 1,700. Adam's favorite. Bob, who's your first pick this week? Uh, my first pick is the layup. Uh, it's the reigning U.S. Open champion, Matt Fitzpatrick. I think as the highest-ranked player coming into the field, I think he's, um, he's just sort of a, cream, a step above in the cream of the crop. He's so far this season played a couple times with a tie for 13, tie for second, and he had a tie for six here at this tournament. So currently uh, 19th in strokes game putting and 15th in strokes. That's a good mix on any of these three golf courses. Well, I'm going to stick with you, Bob, and I'm going to stick in that uh, favorite category for my first pick, also at plus 1,100 at 11-1, Jordan Spieth. Hard to ignore Jordan. I'm considering round two at Sony. Again, an outlier. I've said it multiple times throughout the show. I don't really think that's what we're going to get from Jordan. Uh, Are those rounds out there for Jordan Spieth? Yes, always. Sometimes the ball striking can go squirrely. I think he was very angry at that finish. I expect him to bounce back. He's the third time all-time leading scorer, at, uh, excuse me, a money earner at this event. He's got a win, two top threes. He's never missed a cut here at the AT&T. He's 10 for 10. Jordan Spieth at 11-1. He's my favorite this week. And again, you got to play Pebble twice. Small screens on tour. It can become a scrambling fest and the weather doesn't look good. you got to love Jordan if it's an up-and-down contest. We'll stick with me. We'll go back the other direction. My second pick, guys. Seamus Power. Seamus Power had a monster lead here through 36 holes last year. In fact, he led by five at the midway point and couldn't close the deal. Um, he's played well this year. He's got four, uh, four finishes inside the top 25, including a win. I think people forget that Seamus Power is playing great right now because most of it happened in the fall last year. Um, I think he's still probably one of the hottest players on the PGA Tour. We just haven't seen him in a while. 19th in in strokes gained around the green. So the short game is on point. Strokes gained around the green. Seamus Power, my second pick. Bob, where are you going with your second round? Uh, I'm going with uh, Victor Hovland, and uh, he's off to a solid start this season. Four finishes inside the top 21. I think we've mentioned a little bit earlier this year. He's only, he's only played this tournament really once. He's tied for 38. That's his best finish there. But he did win the U.S. Open here in 2018. He tied for 12th at the, or sorry, the U.S. Amateur. Won, tied for 12th at the U.S. Open a year later, later still as an amateur. Uh, and 16th in strokes game putting this year. So I like uh, Vic Hovland with my second pick. All right, Adam, we're going to go to you. Back-to-back picks. Your second round, your third round as we come back down the ladder. Okay, so my second pick, Andrew Putnam, the seventh shortest odds at 24 to 1. 
Uh, he was tied for the 54-hole lead here last year before finishing T6. Uh, a couple top 10 so far already this season. Uh, made all 10 of his cuts as well. At one point last year, he was 165th in the official World Golf Ranking, and now he's climbed all the way to 64th. So Andrew Putnam is my second pick this week. And now for my third and final pick, this is kind of a flyer, and that's Joel Damon at 36 to 1. And this is a guy who, <clears throat> excuse me, played, <clears throat> excuse me, played very well uh, during the fall portion of the schedule with three top tens. But we haven't seen him in 2023 yet. But he has played well at this tournament before at T6 last year, T14 the year previous. That's why I like Joel Damon to to go and have a good start to his 2023 with his first start of the new year. Uh, perhaps maybe more of a top 10 play for Joel Damon, but 36 to one overall for the outright winner for, for Joel Damon. All right, Bob, final pick for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Well, I'm following in your uh, knowledgeable footsteps and taking Seamus Power and uh, what a season he has. As you mentioned, he's at those four in the top 25. He's got a first, a fifth, and a uh, third and a 25th in four starts. So uh, obviously doing something right. Excellent putter. Tied for ninth here last year. Should have been better than that, obviously. Ninth best birdie average on the PGA Tour so far. So uh, if he fills up the cup this week, he'll have a good shot. All right. For my final pick, Bob, you're going to see a theme in my picks here this week with some rough weather and small greens. I went with a scrambling Jesse and Jordan Spieth. Seamus Power that Bob just outlined. Also ninth in 19th in strokes gain around the green. And my final pick, Matt Kuchar. Now, Matt Kuchar's a bit of a strange situation. He's plus 3,700, 37 to 1. He leads the PGA Tour in scrambling this year. Okay, great. He checks my box. Last year, he... here's where I have a bit of an issue. His best finish in this tournament, a tie for 22nd back in 2019, doesn't make sense for me. This tournament should fit Matt Kuchar. Everything about this tournament should fit Matt Kuchar. He was tied for seventh at the Sony Open. This kind of reminds me of our conversation a couple of weeks ago was, why didn't Tiger ever win at Riviera? Head scratching. It's a perfect golf course for him. This tournament is a perfect tournament for Matt Kuchar at 37-1. I can't ignore him with those type of scrambling stats right now. And he's playing well. A couple of decent starts for Kuchar. He's my final pick. Uh, and for the Saudi International, uh, props bet has growing the game or team concept. Which one do you want? What more, what more references do you want this week, Bob? Growing the game or team concept got me to join Liv? Which one wins? I'm going to go and take a, a long shot. I'm going to throw those to the side. I'm going to go take a long shot and say my son said I should play here. I like it. Adam? I'm going to go with the team concept. I think there's more value in that play. Growing the game is so 2022. Come on. 2022. Bob, you're leaving us early today, so you're going to say goodbye in our final segment. Uh, any closing thoughts for our audience uh, before we wrap? Of course, we'll be back Monday for Golf Talk Canada, back Wednesday for Golf Talk Canada. And, Bob, do you know that four weeks today, February 22nd is our television debut with our wow. tailor-made product special. Any closing thoughts on our trip? Three weeks. Three weeks. Excuse me. Three weeks. Thanks, three weeks. I can't count. Adjust that calendar. Adjust that calendar. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think we're getting into some fun times in the seasons right now. I think next week with Phoenix, 
uh, is going to be a wild one going up at the same time as the Super Bowl is going on in the same city. I don't know what the, I don't know what it's going to be like trying to get an Uber in that city next year, next week. But I think that's fun. Um, you know, we're, we've got some good Canadian stories coming out here. It's a really cool time of the year right now. So uh, we've this is this is by the way this would if we could get a Canadian winner. This, we had Ben Silverman and someone's got to step up maybe and uh, maybe Nick can do it again. So that would be kind of fun to do. It'll be fun to watch. Okay, Bob, you have a great day. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Thanks for, excuse me, talk to you Monday. Thanks for doing this as always. On the other side, Adam and I will be back. We'll take a look at the tournaments up on schedule with our Bushnell leaderboards. We'll put a bow on today's show. And a bit of a tip or a little bit of news on uh, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade as well. Nothing too deep, but just a teaser. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by... Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Let's take a look at some leaderboards from the world of golf, brought to you by Bushnell Golf, bushnellgolf.com, the number one range finder in all of golf. Last week, Farmers Insurance Open, Max Homa gets it done, 1,300 par, a two-shot victory over Keegan Bradley, Colin Morikawa, three off the pace, Morikawa continuing to play well, despite the collapse in Kapalua early in the year. That collapse allowed John Rahm to get the, uh, get the victory in Kapalua, and speaking of collapses, well, it was John Rom's turn. He shoots two over par when the winners in round four shot six under par. Rom losing by eight on the day to Max Homa and five overall. Surprising finish for John Rom at the Farmers Insurance Open on his favorite golf course. We mentioned earlier that Ben Silverman in the field this week at Pebble Beach, which is where the tour heads up the coast on the West Coast swing. Well, Ben Silverman was a winner on the Corn Ferry Tour in a playoff. He hit it sideways on the 72nd hole to find himself losing his lead, put himself in the playoff, but he gets it done. Congratulations on the victory to Ben Silverman. And he will be in the field again this week at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And also this week, all eyes on the Asian Tour. Yeah, you heard that right. All eyes on the Asian Tour as the Saudi International takes place. It is a stacked field when it comes to names. There have been a few PGA Tour players granted releases to play in this event. And the one name on this board in this field that is playing and is a PGA Tour player but not been granted a release is Mito Pereira. Mito Pereira also in the field next week on the Asian Tour, rumored to be, also rumored to be the next player leaving for Live Golf. Okay, speaking of Live Golf, Scully, that's going to be in focus next week. Starting February 6th, the hearings start between the DP World Tour and the Live Golf Series. It is a similar type of scenario of what we're dealing here in North America, uh, a competition-related antitrust uh, hearing. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to call it a lawsuit because the UK courts 
allow for a, a, an organization, sports organizations specifically, to go to more of a hearing board versus a full uh, trial in the actual state court, Supreme Courts, yada, 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 which, you know, that's going to take another 10 months or more potentially in the U.S. This is a much shorter process. They're going to start the hearings next week. This could wrap up within a couple of weeks. Within a couple of weeks, Adam, we will know very likely if the live golf players will have access to the DP World Tour and the conspiracy th theorists, Adam, are already saying live golf or excuse me, DP World Tour wants to lose this case because they'd love to have those big names back on their tour. I mean, this is the more that comes out, the more confused I am. Yeah, it's very confusing. And there's so many moving parts, as was the case last year when players were, you know, rumored to be going over to live and then finally confirming to go over to live or being rumored to go and taking a couple of weeks extra. But like you mentioned, Mark, we'll be all over this for both of our shows next Monday and Wednesday for sure. There's some interesting questions. And again, I'm not a lawyer. And maybe next week what we need to do you and I will poke around and see if we can find a labor lawyer to come on the show and break this down a little bit for us because it's affecting golf. It is a golf show, but we, some of the questions being asked in this hearing next week are, does the DP World's uh, Tour's decision to ban live golfers prevent them from playing golf and earning a living? Well, th I think that answer is quite clear, Scully. The answer is no. Uh, them being suspended or banned from the DP World Tour just means that they have made their choice to play for Live. And in fact, if we're going dollars for dollars, I mean, the money they're making on the Live Golf Series will dwarf anything they were going to earn on the DP World Tour. So I, I think that's a pretty clear-cut answer. Now, there's more to it than just that, but that is one of the main questions. The other question involved here, and this is where it gets clouded, is does the DP World Tour's decision of building these walls that previously weren't there, is it to create a monopoly uh, in the landscape of where the European Tour, or I should say DP World Tour, plays golf? And that becomes a, a, an antitrust si situation and a monopoly situation. It gets way more clouded. Here's the question I have for you. How can that be the case, Adam, when Live Golf is playing events in countries where the DP World Tour is playing events. I would argue, Adam, if I was a lawyer, I would argue, how can you argue I have a monopoly? You're playing golf in continental Europe. You're playing golf in all these countries where the DP World Tour plays golf. If I had a monopoly, you couldn't be there. That would be my argument. Well, and for all, for all these live players too, one, I mean, obviously money was a huge reason they went but another one was they wanted to play less golf. So are they now like going completely against that argument and wanting to play more golf now? That's where it all just sort of goes in a circle. And that, like we were talking about in our last segment, you know, from growing the game to what team are you going to cheer for? It's just a lot of weird things going on with Liv. Which is why people still have love for the Harold Varner the thirds of the world. There, there's not a, a social media narrative or there isn't an angry energy across the golf media towards Harold Varner III. And what did Harold Varner III do? He picked up, left the PGA Tour, and chose to go to live. Why? 
because people have choices in life and you're allowed to make decisions for you and your family, regardless of how you or I might feel about those decisions ethically, morally. It's not our job. We can't put the moral compass for other people. I believe in individual freedom, individual choice, even if it's not a choice I would make for me. But people still love Harold Varner III and players like Harold Varner III that made this choice because they simply said, wow. That money to me and my family is a big deal. I'm going for the money. Once again, Adam, honesty is the best policy. And I think if we, I think if the, all the players had just taken that route uh, or that route, I should say, we'd be in a much different place. Okay, mm-hmm. next week, we should have some more details on 20 Weeks TaylorMade. We were hoping to come out with those details today. There's some fine-tuning involved uh, that needs to be done. Uh, I can't tell you this. It will be the biggest year ever. That, that is a given. Uh, grand prize alone is close to $15,000. Just the grand prize. As we have got our friends from Casa de Campo back in with a trip for two Ooh. to Casa de Campo and the grand prize for anyone who participates. And a custom set tailor-made uh, experience for the day. And it's not just the clubs and the gear that you're walking away with. It's the experience of what a custom fitting is and being treated like a tour pro for a day. Uh, the grand prize is just absolutely massive, and it's for anyone who participates at any time throughout the season. We will have more t- details hopefully next week. Also, three weeks today, as Adam outlined for me, because I'm having a hard time counting on my on my calendar. <laughs> I originally called it four weeks. Yeah. We will open our TV season with our TaylorMade pro- product special, a lot of which was captured this week at the Kingdom in Carlsbad. What a great week. Adam, now that you've had a chance to hit it off the turf and play it for real, I, I bet you're more excited about your gear this year than, than previous years. And, and I know, you know, that's saying a lot because we like I fell in love with Twist Face. I had that Twist Face moment where I kind of, yep. my eyes popped. I kind of get the feeling you had that feeling with your new driver when we took it out at uh, took it out for two rounds this this time I, around. You know what? I, I certainly did, and and for me, I, I'm not someone who needs to chase any more speed. I need to chase more accuracy, more forgiveness. Hardy har har. And I certainly have so far. I, I've only played two rounds with it with the Stealth Two driver. Also, that that experience we had with Chris Trot Trotty from TaylorMade, which I'm so excited for people to see that segment when it goes on our social media sites and as well airs on television later this year too. These new products are amazing. I haven't had a chance to hit the fairway metal on turf yet, but I can't wait for that as well. Yeah, what I found amazing is, and I get, forgiveness has been a theme for years in the golf industry, but for me, and again, that segment with Trotty, which will run the full segment on our social media channel and certainly bits and pieces uh, throughout radio and TV, but it's just such a deep dive. I I mean, we've got to let it play full length on our YouTube channel. What I loved about your driver of seeing it is not just the forgiveness, but it's just the stability of the head. For you to be able to go after that club as aggressively as you could and the dispersion so tight, it was fun to watch. Mm -hmm. We'll take deeper dives. We'll have more information next week. And we'll be back Monday in our regular time slot. Now every Monday and Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern with 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. repeats. TSN 1050, TSN Radio, iHeartRadio. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, first good decision on the golf course. It always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last.
serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 Fit, while the Spike More Traction System will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.